Hello, and welcome to The Teachable Nurse, a podcast where I speak to nurses from a variety of specialties and stages in their careers. I am Morgan Lima, a writer and registered nurse. My nursing background includes med surge, orthopedic trauma, infectious diseases, and research. I started my blog, The Teachable Nurse, in the middle of 2021, and since then have grown a community of curious nurses willing to explore the vast array of opportunities nurses have when it comes to their careers. Today, I am excited to welcome Kelsey Flagg to the podcast. Kelsey is a nursing instructor and has a background in postpartum nursing, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Kelsey, welcome. I am so excited to pick your brain about maternal and newborn care in the hospital. It is so far removed from my nursing experience, and I can't wait to learn more. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So I like to start us off with a game called Two Truths and a Lie, Nursing Edition. This is a game where I will tell you three facts about a famous nurse in history, and you will have to figure out which two are true and which one is a lie. Today, we are doing Two Truths and a Lie about Clara Barton, Civil War nurse and founder of the American Red Cross. So the three facts are... One, Clara had no formal nurse training before going to be a nurse in the Civil War. The second, she once removed a bullet from a wounded man's face after the Battle of Antietam. And the third, after the Civil War, she moved to Geneva, Switzerland to introduce the Red Cross to Europe. Ooh, let's see. I want to say that the lie is that she did not have any prior training. So (laughs) that's okay. So the lie is actually the third one. So after the, after the civil war, she moved to Geneva, Switzerland to introduce the Red Cross to Europe when in fact she had traveled to Europe and experienced the Red Cross over there, kind of um, learned from a lot of the nurses over there. And she brought what she learned back to America Oh, wow. And that's yeah. why she's known as the founder of the American Red Cross, which I did not know. What? I did not <laughs> so know that either. We all learned something about Clara Barton today. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's awesome. Well, Kelsey, what I'd like to do is go ahead and um, kind of turn it over to you, ask you to give a brief introduction about yourself, um, your name, credentials, and what your education background is. Sure. So, hi everyone. My name is Kelsey Flagg. Um, I've been a nurse for about five years now, which is kind of crazy to me <laughs> to think of it. Um, but I was born in uh, Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee, which is like a small town. And um, I got my BSN um, when I first started. To be honest, when I first like got into like college, at first I wanted to be a dentist when I was like little. <laughs> That's why I wanted to start out. But then when I did more research, I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do the dentist thing. And that's when I got introduced to nursing. Um, and I started to do more research on it. And I always loved biology when I was in school and science and things like that. And so um, when I actually got into uh, to college, that's when I went into pre-nursing and then the rest is history. So I ended up getting my BSN. And honestly, when I was in the nursing program, I really wanted to do pediatrics. That's where I wanted to start out with. Um, however, once I graduated, I went straight into a nurse residency program, which is something that I always recommend to students to do. I was able to go through med surge. The ER, a little bit of OR. I did go through postpartum during that time. And then I found out that I really did like postpartum. (laughs) And I thought I was going to be just strictly pediatrics. Uh, But I found out that I really just like it. I found out that I loved working with the newborns more than anything. And so once I got out of the residency, that is when um, I ended up getting hired in a postpartum unit and also um, the a med surge unit. So it was between those two. And I decided to go with the specialty. <laughs> and so um, went through postpartum, but um, especially when it started to get close to COVID, um, I started getting pulled to med surge areas. But um, most of my expertise is um, in postpartum. 
um, after like working for a little while, I decided to go back to school and um, I really had a desire to teach. That's what I really wanted to do uh, to further my career. And so went back to go get my master's. I was also working night shift at the time. So I did school full time and I was working night shift. That was rough. <laughs> um, but after getting my master's, I started teaching clinicals for a school and um, I taught on like a medical surgical unit. So that was nice to kind of get away from the specialty a little bit and kind of get back into that med surge nursing. And then um, after that, I ended up getting married. And that's when I moved on to uh, full-time teaching, uh, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. You've got a lot of different experience under your belt, it sounds like. And um, that's interesting. So I think that we had two very different nurse residency experiences. I also recommend Mm -hmm. that folks try to find a nurse residency program if they can. Um, We weren't able to like visit different departments. We interviewed with different departments, but we didn't get to work in different or shadow in different areas before we were assigned to our unit. So that's really cool. Um, And what was it about postpartum nursing that drew you to that specialty? I know you mentioned the babies. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And the thing is, I thought I used to always be kind of nervous around newborns. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so fragile. But um, also back in nursing school, when I did a postpartum clinical, I remember my clinical instructor at the time when I did my first like newborn assessment, she told me she was like, Kelsey, you handle newborns pretty well. And I was like, you think so? And she was like, yeah, she was like, I know you had said you wanted to do pediatrics. She said, but I think that you should think about doing postpartum. And um, I loved learning about it in school. And I realized um, that I was starting to take an interest into it. But I think it's just working with the newborns and seeing how um, how that bond starts with a mom and dad or their partner, whoever they're with of seeing that bond and how much education you give to somebody during that time i think that's what really drew me to it um your patients really do depend on you like the mom dad or whoever the support person is they really depend on you during that time and you see them at their most vulnerable (laughs) stages and um also to be able to see a newborn and to be able to see the just little changes that happen that's also like um a cool uh, thing so i think that's what draw um drew me the most to postpartum there <laughs> that's awesome the i remember from my um rotation which is the only time i've stepped foot as a nurse in yeah. a maternal <laughs> newborn area um that the whole thing was that you don't just have one patient like your patient is your whole patient is the mom, baby, and then family present in the room. Yeah. Which I found very interesting because you're dealing with different personalities. I'm sure that you have experience dealing with different family dynamics. That can be really tricky. Yeah. So can you take me through a typical shift as a postpartum nurse? Sure. Yeah. So I worked night shift at the time when I was on the floor. And so we'll come in and um, we would, of course, get report from like the nurse that you have. And at the hospital that I worked at, we had public care. So um, for those of you that do not know what that is, basically, you have a mom and a baby. Okay, so you can have up to three couplets. So you can have literally six patients that you've taken care of. So three moms and three and um, their babies. And um, so we'll get report on those couplets. And then um, the first thing that you would do is just do your full assessments on all of the, the babies and also the moms. And the big thing that you're looking at is, are they breastfeeding? Are they vaginal delivery? Are they C-section? You're really getting into that information there, kind of getting a history about them as well. Um, because that also um, uh, makes a big difference. Do they have a support person as well? So you're getting all that information during that time, doing all your assessments, and you have to really kind of jump back as a um, postpartum nurse. You're taking care of a full adult, and you got to go straight to baby <laughs> right after that doing assessments. So the assessments do change um, constantly when you're taking care of both of them. And mainly, it's a lot of um, fundal checks, which is like checking the bleeding and the top of that uterus there. A lot of fundal checks. Um, a lot of changing diapers, <laughs> a lot of doing that. You do a ton of education. That was a big thing.
thing on the postpartum floor, which you did a ton of education, whether it is breastfeeding, uh, whether it is bottle feeding, if the mom prefers to bottle feed, and just um, getting used to the family dynamics, kind of teaching um, parents like how to take care of their newborn, the different changes to watch for, um, if anything scary does happen or come up, you have to make sure that you're controlling mom if it comes to a baby, or you got to uh, control the family if something's going on with the mom. Uh, things can happen pretty quick on the shift. Mom can go from being normal to all of a sudden she's starting to bleed heavy, whereas baby can be just fine and all of a sudden they're choking or they're turning blue. It can get pretty crazy on the shift sometimes. Um, you never know what you're going to get, and I think that's why I like the postpartum of unit a lot. You never know what you're going to get. It's not really the same thing every single time. Um, it just depends on what's going on with the shift. And we're always on postpartum looking back on the labor and delivery side and seeing, okay, who's going to deliver next and uh, what patients do we have coming next to? <laughs> cool. So you work pretty closely with the labor and delivery team. Yes. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes I think I get mixed up um, or I usually forget that there's like two separate units, like there's the labor and delivery and then there's postpartum. And did you ever have to float to labor and delivery? Yes. Sometimes I did have to float. Um, we had to float, um, in our specialty area at the hospital that I worked at, uh, we had to float to either labor and delivery, um, or pediatrics or the neonatal ICU. So it just depended on where they needed us. Also at the time, uh, we had a GYN, so a gynecological unit. Unit. And sometimes we had to uh, go to that unit as well, which is kind of like just a women's med surge, which is all women and just med surge. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, so every once in a while, I did have to get pulled to a labor and delivery and um, I would help out um, wherever they needed me really to have to um, help a mom that's about to get an epidural or put a catheter in or, um, you know, catch a baby maybe. <laughs> it just depended on wherever they needed me. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I had a... I guess it was a six-week clinical rotation in that entire, like, labor delivery postpartum. I remember parts of it really well, but, like, I don't know. I remember watching a (laughs) C-section, and I remember uh, giving vitamin K to a brand new baby before he went home with his family and doing the discharge assessment of the family before they went home. And like, I think my part was the very last thing they were waiting on before they could leave. So mom's like literally ready to go out the door. She's got her shoes on. She's like got the baby and I'm doing all these questions. And she's like, yes, honey, yes, honey, yes, honey. She's so ready to go. Morgan is like, no, no, no. We're going to take a lot of time here. (laughs) But, um, so I really enjoyed my my clinical rotation. I don't yeah. think I got a whole view of what yeah. that experience looks like. Do you guys, did you all ever have, um, did you ever preset? Did you ever have students on your floor? Yes. Like um, sometimes we'd have some of the um, nurse residents, as they would call them, that were in the nurse residency, uh, residency program, excuse me. And so they would come on and uh, sometimes I'll have students. And sometimes I would, since I worked night shift, I would see students coming in for their morning clinicals um, from different schools. And they would come in and, and sit by me to get report uh, with the nurse that they would be with. So it was so nice seeing the students. They were always so excited. Some of them, they looked terrified because they were like, I've never held a baby. I've never... <laughs> Like really been around me. (laughs) Yeah. And so you can see the fear in their eyes. And I'm like, you're going to be okay. I promise. It's going to be all right. That's awesome. And now you're a nursing instructor, right? At a university. And so do you think that um, you mentioned that you did a lot of education and teaching with parents before discharge? Did that kind of play a little bit into discovering your love for teaching? Yes, I think I think it really like um, nips it in the bud, I would say for me. I started to have like a interest in it when I was in um, when I was in nursing school. I was like, I think that I would go back. Um, I because I at first I didn't know that you could do like get an MSN with um, and teach. I thought that I just had to be a nurse practitioner. <laughs> I was so naive to like the MSN until my teacher told me. Too. Yeah. yeah. Until and, you ask, yes. it's, it's hard to know all the different, yeah, it's so true. to what you want to do. Yes. 
And it wasn't until um, I had asked my teacher and she was like, well, Kelsey, you know, you can get an MSN and teach. And she was like, you don't have to be a practitioner. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. She was like, you would just get your MSN in nursing education. And I was like, oh. And so in the midst of me working and when I finally told myself, okay, Kelsey, it's time to go back to school because if I don't do it now, I'm not going to go back. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's when I really like doing all the teaching on the postpartum unit. That's when I really nipped in the bud that okay, Kelsey, I really, I think I should do this, you know? I think I should uh, go back for teaching. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And it just goes to show that you don't have to be pinned down to one specialty as a nurse. Like like you said, like you were going Mm -hmm. back to school to do your MSN in education while still Mm -hmm. doing postpartum nursing, which you loved. Yeah. um, Which is really cool. Um. So we did talk a little bit about floating to other units. Other than that, were there any expectations outside of your typical duties when you were working um, on the postpartum unit, like any required overtime, any, was there anything like that? Sometimes it would, um, sometimes we would have like times where we had that required overtime or sometimes it would be. Um, just depending on what would be happening, because sometimes, you know, we can't tell baby to stay in the, the womb. <laughs> um, they don't once care about change. Exactly. They do not care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so whenever that would happen, if they did have like a baby that was born um, after shift change or getting close to shift change, what labor and delivery would do, they would hold to bring that that uh, couplet out. Um, so that shift change could occur, so that would happen. Now, sometimes they would be cutting it very close and uh, mom would just come streaming down <laughs> into the postpartum unit and we would just have to stay over to give that mom um, education, get baby assessed, and to give her that um, that uh, admission education, kind of tell her, you know, this is how the assessments will go, this is how often we'll be coming into your room, this is how you would breastfeed or how you would bottle feed, just depending on what their choice was. So sometimes I would have to stay um, until like 9, a, 9 a.m. trying to get my charting in sometimes, but sometimes I would I definitely say that our um, director and everything, they really tried to make it um, easier for everybody to like, hey, if it's if a delivery does happen about a certain time, let's just hold um, so that shift change can occur. Nobody's kind of rushing and there's not going to be any miscommunication at all during report. And then we'll bring that baby and mom out. Excellent. Sounds like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that we would have sometimes on my med surge unit have um, like maternal newborn labor and delivery nurses float to us, but we never floated to maternal newborn because of the specialty of it all. Yeah. What specific uh, skills do you need to be competent in the field of maternal and newborn nursing? I gotcha. Um, I would definitely say you still as a, as even even if you want to go into labor and delivery or postpartum, any one of those specialties, definitely it's good to still have that good med search background. I usually even tell students now that um, just because you're a postpartum nurse, you're still a med search nurse in a way too. (laughs) Because even though those patients are fairly healthy, they can change in a minute. And so you've got to pick up on those cues pretty quickly. So I would say definitely have your basic head to toe assessment on point um, because you need to be able to get that baseline so that whenever anything changes, you know for sure, oh, this is totally abnormal for this patient and they're this age they don't have that much of a medical history and all of a sudden they're acting like this you know or all of a sudden they're starting to experience these symptoms definitely just your basic foundational skills we still use like um safety infection control all that stuff that um students learn in nursing school and foundations or fundamentals however um whatever your school calls it you still use those basic things um so making sure the bed is low, making sure you lift the bed, the head of the bed, um, well, the height of the bed, excuse me, up so that you don't hurt your back. All those like safety things and washing your hands because you're dealing with bodily fluids everywhere. And so um, making sure that we're washing our hands, wearing gloves, everything like that. So I would definitely say keep your med surge um, uh, information or your med surge knowledge intact and knowing your assessment skills and um, your basic like um, nursing skills just as a whole to be a good postpartum or labor and delivery nurse to work in that field. Are there things like, um, like you mentioned, you teach breastfeeding to the mother. Are those things that you learn on the job? Do you take workshops outside of work? 
Yeah. So uh, when I first got hired, um, we had to do this like breastfeeding class in a way. It was online. And then we were able to, during orientation, follow a lactation consultant um, during one of our rotations, which was really nice. Yeah. So we got to really sit down one-on-one, go with her during her patients, um, her patient encounters, be able to kind of see and talk about that whole, like how to breastfeed and what are the proper terms we need to be using, how we should be teaching uh, moms when to breastfeed, how to latch the baby on and how to troubleshoot if any kind of problems do uh, show up. And I thought that was super beneficial. And um being able to see the lactation consultant and be able to shadow her and also to be able to go through that online training. That way, when I got out of orientation, I didn't feel so like, you know, blonde going and teaching parents about it. And they even gave us this little booklet to keep with us that kind of, you know, with like a little quick note or a reminder about, hey, this is what you should be telling mom about breastfeeding. Are there any sort of certifications that you can get as a postpartum nurse or labor and delivery nurse? Yes. So um, one of the certifications that I actually did get was a certified bereavement counselor. So, of course, um, I have to tell students, I even tell students this now, um, people think that postpartum labor and delivery, oh my gosh, you're seeing babies and you're getting to see life being brought into the world. Um, but it's not always happy. There's not always a great outcome. And um, sometimes we do um, deal with fetal demises and we have to take care of moms who um, have lost their baby during whether it's labor or prior to that or something has happened um, where the baby did not survive that delivery at all. And so um, we went through, I went through this um, certified bereavement counseling um, certification, and it basically taught you how to take care of mothers who have gone through a fetal demise. And I thought it was very beneficial um, because, again, you can just think that it's all rainbows um, in the postpartum unit, but it's not always that, unfortunately. And so being able to go through that training, um, being able to know how to handle um a baby's body that has like passed away and it's no longer living and um, being able to learn how to um, do that and how to comfort moms and their um, support person, also their family during this time. Um, that was a, a, a great certification that you could definitely get. Um, also, you can become a lactation consultant if you were in postpartum. You can definitely get certified to do that if you um, were interested in it. I know some of uh, my coworkers that I had worked with, they ended up getting that certification and now they um, act as a lactation consultant on the side. So if breastfeeding is like your niche, definitely go for that. <laughs> cool. Um, are there ways to move up in your field? Like I think in general, we know like floor nurse becomes charge nurse can become you know, leader. What does that look like? Or what did that look like on your floor? Yeah. So um, mainly when I first started, um, first, of course, you just started out as your like your typical floor nurse. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, Kelsey, you're going to start to train to be charged. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was so nervous during that time. I was so nervous. But then I think um, once I got that training and I started actually doing it, I started to feel a little bit more comfortable um, with it. But, oh, let me tell you, when they told me um, you're going to be charging tonight, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you can move up as a charge nurse. And um, then if you want to, you can move into more like um, manager type positions. Like if you do want to be like um, just um, – as a clinical coordinator, like you kind of control who's going to be like getting like a precept or who's going to be precepting or who's going to be getting students during that time. You can do that. Um, or you can even move up into like a directorial position as well, just for the postpartum unit, which is really nice. Um, so it, you can definitely move up in it. And then we've had a lot of um, our coworkers, like one of my coworkers that I know, she ended up um, going to be a midwife. So she went back to school and she became a midwife because she loved it so much. And um, I think that's like so awesome. So I've seen a lot of my coworkers go back to school and still work within the field, but they're just moving up to like a higher position clinically. Awesome. Yeah, I was I was wondering about the midwife. I feel like postpartum labor and delivery nursing is kind of a direct pipeline to midwifery yes. uh, for nurses. Well, thank you for uh, kind of going into that. That helps me understand a little better how, you know, you can move up or, you know, laterally yes. in 
that field. That's something that I think is so interesting about nursing is Mm -hmm. the amount of credentials. I didn't even know that was a credential you could get, but it makes perfect sense to get that bereavement credential um, in the field of postpartum Mm -hmm. and maternal nursing because of that. What elements from nursing school do you use often as a postpartum nurse? And I know you're kind of a nurse, you not kind of, you are a nursing instructor (laughs) now. And so you can kind of uh, see both sides maybe a little bit. Um, And an example I'll give is when we talked to Michelle last week, Mm -hmm. you know, using care plans, she uses care plans every day in her job, which is not something students a lot of times think they're going to use outside of school. So and so what is what is um, something that you learned in school or did in school, um, even maybe have been tedious, <laughs> that you ended up using quite often in your job? Definitely. I noticed that I was um, doing like paper documentation a lot because you cannot always rely on technology. <laughs> and so there were times where we would constantly have um, where – the power would go out and they're like, oh, we're gonna have to go to paper charting. And now I understand why my school pushed that so hard. Like I remember like my hand was cramping. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of writing (laughs) everything that I did. But I understand why now because they were really trying to push, you know, we want you to be a nurse everywhere. We don't want you to just be the one that types on the computer all the time. Um, so I noticed that I was doing that a lot and I would always have like, I call it my little brain paper. I was always writing everything on that. I would just divide them up into my patients and just <laughs> document away. Yeah, brain sheet. I yes. remember those. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Did you end up making, you said you kind of made your own. Did you ever end up making your own like template that you went off of when you were uh, working? Yes, I did. I would like turn my, my brain paper into my own little template. Like I always had like what room number I like my patient was in and then I would put their baby at the bottom and I would have like a little bassinet for the baby. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. I feel like that's something that I see almost all nurses do as soon as they get comfortable in their role, they realize they can't write down every single thing during report. So they have to just pick and choose and they finally get it done. So if you're a new nurse and you're overwhelmed by writing everything down during report, don't, don't worry about it. You don't have to write everything down. Everything is written down somewhere. You can always find it. Just the most important stuff, figure out what is most important for you on your unit at that time and that patient and it'll be easier. Yes, it will make everything easier. <laughs> this next question is about which part of postpartum nursing did you find most stressful? Oh, yes. Uh, dealing with postpartum hemorrhages, that was <laughs> most stressful. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. yeah. They didn't, um, they were never my patient, which is, it was a while. It was oh. always me helping out with it. <laughs> And so, nursing is a team sport. What yes. happens to one nurse happens to all nurses. So, yep, I totally understand that. How often would hemorrhaging happen? Exactly. It would not happen as often. I would say it doesn't happen like, oh my gosh, every shift we have one. It every it would pop up every once in a while, I would definitely say. Um, because I think that, um, I would say that the hospital did a really good job trying to prevent it before if mom had any kind of like risk factors that put her at risk for bleeding. Um, they were really trying to be on top of that. Um, but of course, sometimes it just spontaneously happens and you just can't help it. Um, but yes, that I would say that was like the most stressful thing because it's just looking at the amount of blood that can come out of a human being is <laughs> pretty uh, crazy and it can be scary. So I would say that is the most, um, uh, what's the most stressful thing? Just um, really getting back into like your your nursing knowledge and like, oh, I understand why they, you know, the airway breathing situation. I, I totally understand why um, they're telling. They were really pushing that stuff into it and to be on top of like the cues that were happening because the nurse that um, her patient that it started happening to, she was picking up that something was becoming wrong. And, um, and then that's when she was like, 
Kelsey, could you help me? She uh, lightly, like, like um, very calmly poked her head out the door. I was charting. And she was like, hey, can you come in and help me? And I was like, sure. And I'm over here thinking that it's just something simple. And then I look at the floor and I was like, oh, goodness, there's so much fun. <laughs> goodness. Yeah. yeah. And it, that just goes to show, like you said earlier, things can happen in a second. You have to be on your A game. On your A game. From the time you clock in till the time you clock out. Yes, you don't know what's um, going to happen. No, I, I, re when you said you go back to everything you learned in nursing school, that just made me remember yes. like something that's been buried down in the back of my brain <laughs> since my second year of nursing school is hemorrhaging bundle massage, bundle yes, massage. Bundle massage. <laughs> that's like one of the like things that has been hardwired in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> if I know nothing else about maternal nursing. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. And washing your hands, washing your hands in a sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. well, what part did you find most rewarding working on your unit? Oh, definitely getting feedback from patients and saying, oh my gosh, you helped me out. And it could be like the simplest thing, like, oh, I took over a feeding, like bottle feeding for, um, a baby just to let mom sleep for a while or, um, or taking like, if mom is like, look, I've been up for like, like since delivery and I just need a nap, how thankful they are for that nap when you come back with their baby from the I nursery. I would be. <laughs> you would be my hero. Yes, they're, they're so grateful. And I think that that's probably the most rewarding, just understanding how grateful they are for your help. Um, you're real, you know, you're just going through your shits and you're just trying to make sure everybody's okay physically, but you're also tapping into that emotional aspect too. And it's nice to be able to to know that, oh my gosh, I've been working hard. It's been a rough shift. But when you hear your patient say, thank you so much for what you've done for me, that hits the nail on the head. And you're like, you know what? This is why I come in every time. <laughs> that is really sweet. I think it's good to remember the rewarding parts of nursing, especially if for some reason they're few and far between, yes. whether it's because of the unit you're working on or because of, um, you know, the environment you're working, it's important to hold on to those things because okay. no matter how often they happen, it kind of can bring you back to your why. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you a nurse? Yeah. And um, so that's really sweet to to have that. Yeah. Um, this question I wanted to ask. So we know as nurses, despite medical advances, disparities in maternal and infant care have persisted for decades in the U.S., especially among women of color. Yeah. And I wanted to know if you could speak to your experience of mm -hmm. witnessing what this was like while you were working on this unit. What challenges did you face advocating for your patients? Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, um, definitely, I've noticed that that has um, has risen. And unfortunately, I've had um, a patient myself um, like pass away. But I've had like I was about to take on a patient, and she ended up um, passing away during labor and delivery. And she was an African American mm -hmm. female, and that was a lot and she was that 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 one that really stuck with me because she was very young and that was it was like unexpected nobody thought that was going to happen at all um however being like having a baby comes like survive and then dad you know he's not expecting he was not expecting that to happen at all so he was trying to take care of this baby by himself and you know that was hard to to do that was um that hit me emotionally a lot and you know i constantly checked in on him to make sure he was fine and thankfully hit the family of that of the mom, they came in to really support him. And that was a great um, family dynamic that they had, um, definitely. Um, as far as advocating wise, there was one time, and it ended up not being my patient again, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was helping um, one of my coworkers. She noticed that this patient, she started looking pretty pale, and the patient was telling her, something doesn't feel right. And to all those nursing students out there, when your patient tells you that, you need to be high alert. There's something going on. <laughs> um, well, she noticed that patients started getting a little bit more tachycardic than usual. And based on her baseline, this was way too high for her. 
Um, so um, the nurse at the time, she ended up calling the doctor and he was like, oh, she just needs an anxiety pill. That's all. And she was like, um, I don't think so. Like, she's pale. Um, she's tachycardic. He, she was like, I think there's something wrong. And even the patient thinks there's something wrong. And he just was not um, receptive to that information. And so she comes up to me and she was like, Kelsey, can you just like check her? And so I went in there and she does look pretty pale. And so I go in and I ask her, you know, how are you feeling? Everything like that. And she was like, she was like, I don't know. And she was like, I just don't feel right. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I kind of look her over and everything and check her pulse. It's not as strong as I would like it. And I was like, I think we should call rabbit response. Because I was like, I don't know something's going on. Ended up calling rapid response. And they were like, oh, yeah, she needs to go to like ICU. Turns out she was turning septic. And like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad wow. that we, I know. So um, yeah, definitely if you notice that there's something um, wrong or you're picking up on those cues and you may not be getting that reception from the doctor, if you feel it in your gut to do something, definitely go ahead and do it. Because I think if we would have let her sit there and maybe even gave her the anxiety pill that the OBGYN had ordered, I think there would have been something wrong or things would just have, you know, spiraled um, to no end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's, that's incredible for oh. one. <laughs> I think that we forget like what bigger role we play yes. in these patients' lives. And I'm not going to use the word hero because I don't like to use that word to describe nurses because we are not heroes. Right. We are humans. Yes, <laughs> but of course. like you and that nurse saved that person's life. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's something that nurses do every day. And it can be really intimidating to like yeah. stand up for a patient. So true. To someone like a doctor who has, you know, there's this power dynamic and then just to be shut down, but you and your gut know something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it takes courage to then elevate it to the next step, whether that's calling the rapid response team, yeah. calling that doctor's supervisor, mm -hmm. you know, um, at the end of the day, you are the patient's voice. So true. What do you wish someone had told you prior to going into this field? Oh, let's see that um, there's going to be some stressful times. <laughs> um, definitely that things happen pretty quickly in postpartum and you would think, oh, that mostly just happens in like med surge or ICU, things like that. But it definitely happens on the postpartum unit too. Um, again, like you're still like a med surge nurse in a way, but you just specialize in um, women who have like delivered babies and you're more focused on like the newborn as well. And it's more of a, um, a family dynamic. Um, definitely that that you that things are going to change pretty quickly in postpartum when you would think oh it, it's pretty chill <laughs> but no it happens pretty quickly those changes that happen and also that you deal with the family heavily I know that we're more like patient-centered but you deal with the family a lot during the um during the postpartum um, period um you have grandma and grandpa coming in and they're trying to <laughs> advocate for mom and also their their new grandchild you have to talk to them um you also have the siblings that are coming in as well and you're trying to get adjusted to a new baby so you have to deal with that too um that whole sibling dynamic so that you're heavily involved with the family and that things happen pretty quickly so you always have to be on your toes and um that you don't, you only have like a short time with your patients as well. The most that a patient will stay on postpartum unit is about two days. So you're constantly like switching patients. So you build that bond and then all of a sudden they get discharged. And then you have this new patient that you have a bond in. So definitely those things I would definitely say. Do you ever feel like looking back from the beginning of your postpartum journey to now as a nurse, do you feel like you spent more time or invested more emotional energy in those bonds than you did toward the end? Or do you think you found a healthy balance? Because I feel like that could just be really exhausting emotionally, having this bond with this new mother, just to have that turnover so frequently. 
Yes, I definitely would say that sometimes I would get uh, emotionally connected um, with um, a family or just like the mom. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, oh, we're, you're getting discharged tomorrow. So I won't see you like later on tonight. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that having that emotional like balance was kind of hard at first, especially being a new nurse coming into it. You know, I just wanted to be like attached to all my patients. And I was like, yeah, I want you guys to all love me as your nurse. But um, it was hard to kind of see, especially when they're family dynamic or they do not have a, a support person or the family dynamic is not as well established or they don't have anybody to support them. Or even those patients I took care of that were super young. I think the youngest I took care of was 14 years old. That's hard to deal with because they're a pediatric patient in a way. Um, but you still have to um, treat them as a parent as well because they have this this newborn. So you can't take away the information from them, but you also don't want to overload them being a, a 14 year old. So sometimes I would get emotionally invested. And then when they would leave, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, like I only see them for two days and now they're gone. So I would say as a postpartum nurse, it's good to find that balance. Um, also, with like the fetal demises, you can get um really like warped up in that emotional like struggle and you have to kind of learn how to separate that um you can have your own feelings and they can start to um get invested and you don't want that to affect affect the care at all for your patients so that's also a, a good thing to think about as well yeah i think i mean you said it perfectly like you're mm-hmm. caring for a pediatric patient sometimes who has just yeah. given birth to a newborn mm-hmm. and so that does bring in that pediatric part that you had wanted at the yeah. beginning the more like i i think when i just think just in general terms labor and delivery mm-hmm. maternal newborn care it's the mm-hmm. baby and it's the adult right yeah. but that's not mm-hmm. always the case and mm-hmm. that's yeah so that's something I think to think about. You know, some people are yeah. like, I could do newborns, I could do adults, but no way pediatrics. But exactly. you're probably going to get more experience mm-hmm. with pediatrics than if you were just to do like a med surge unit. So, because I know mm-hmm. one of my patients during my clinical rotations was mm-hmm. a young girl. She was a young mm-hmm. teenager. And I will never forget walking into the room. And I thought, because I was a naive little nursing student. Right walked into the room and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I have the wrong room <laughs> because I just, I did, I wasn't expecting a young teenager to exactly. be my patient. I had this image of, in my head of what a, like a maternal or labor and delivery patient looked like. And yes. this is not it. And it kind of was like a shock to my system. And I was like, wait, no, this is like from newborn to adulthood nursing. Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. to, yeah, be be willing to uh, work with all ages up to a certain yes. point. That's so true. So final question about your postpartum experience. Um, what are three qualities of your ideal coworker? So if you could craft your perfect co-nursing person for your shift that you have every uh, time you go into the hospital, what would that coworker look like? Yes, they definitely have to be a team player. Um, I would definitely say that's what I loved about my night show crew. I always still miss them now to this day. Um, we all work together so well. Like um, nobody was like, "This is my patient, and I'm going to do everything for it," um, or "And I'm not going to do anything for yours." Everybody was willing to work together, and I, I totally appreciate that. Especially when I was coming in as a new nurse, it was nice to be able to have like other nurses be like, hey, I'm willing to help you. Do you need me to start that IV for you? Well, and oh, I can turn off that pump that's beeping over there. Um, yeah, they have, I would say definitely be a team player in postpartum because you're gonna need some extra hands on deck sometimes. Um, you're not able to do it all. Sometimes you got your call light just ringing and one patient needs to be breast, um, needs help with breastfeeding and then, oh, you got an admission coming, so you gotta get that set. So it's you're just it's impossible to do it all. I'll also say flexibility because on the postpartum unit the policies change constantly. They're always looking at what's the best practice for like a newborn and also um, 
for um, the mother. For example, with uh, babies, um, the blood glucose like policy of what we should do when the baby has a low blood sugar changed constantly because they were going with what's the best practice. So you can get used to like a new policy and doing that. But all of a sudden they're like, hey guys, we're doing it this way now. So you have to be flexible in that um, and understanding to be on top of those um, those changes because if you just have a team member that's constantly doing the same thing over and over again you're just like oh no we got to follow this policy <laughs> and so definitely that and you definitely have to be compassionate to work in um this area um you're going to have a lot of emotions come out um with your patients and um their family dynamics it's a lot that goes on and it's a lot of it's a big change for um, a mother and their families to have this newborn now um, so you have to be able to be compassionate and non-judgmental um, to be able to deal with uh, what goes on on that unit. So that's the three qualities I would definitely say. That's pretty good for a lot of nursing professionals, especially the teamwork aspect, because yes. you're right. It's not just your patients over here and their patients over there. Mm-hmm. They're all everyone's patients. You just happen to be the primary nurse for the this set. Um and yeah, you're right. My I did night shift when I did med surge and yes. uh, on an orthopedic trauma unit, and that was my crew. We oh my were so good <laughs> uh, helping each other out, and we had to be because, yes. like you said, something can happen so quickly, and you're in another room. You yes. know, I just I I still remember just. We, we were very in sync with each other. And about a year into my nursing career, I went in to do a, um, to check on one of my patients at like two in the morning. Um, he was awake, non-English speaker getting the, something was wrong. So we got the language line, you know, already delayed trying to get the language line. Finally told me what was bothering him. I realized what was wrong, but I couldn't call the on-call doctor immediately because I was using my phone for the language line. And so I called for my coworker. Yeah. I said her name very seriously. I said, Emily. And she knew exactly like something was wrong. She's like, okay, I'm getting the phone. What's wrong? What, who do you need me to page? And like, when you have a team that can hear the difference, it's not a Emily, like water. It's an Emily, get the phone and call because I'm using mine to have exactly. a on it. And so that's awesome. That's what I think also can be really fun about nursing is the friendships you make and the experiences that only you have together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I feel like every nurse that I've talked to that has worked night shift, they always have such positive reviews on their crew. Like the night shift crew is the best. (laughs) They're built differently. (laughs) Yes. Night shift nurses are built differently. Exactly. Well, awesome. Um, so just a couple of questions, non-nursing related, okay. outside of nursing, what are your hobbies that you like to do? Yeah, so I love to read. That is something that I truly enjoy doing. Yes. Me too. Yes, I love doing that. And um, it just kind of gives me a time to really just sit down and relax because it's just easy to just get busy in the hustle and bustle, whether you're um, like on the floor or um, you're even just being an educator. So it can be easy to just get trapped in this like, you know, everyday schedule. Um, So I make it a a duty for myself and like a routine for myself to schedule time to read. And every year I set... um, like a goal for myself. I'm going to read this amount of books this year or so forth. Um, cool. but yeah. <laughs> um, what also, are you reading right now? Oh, yeah. So right now I'm reading Pretty Little Wife. That's what I'm reading. And let me look at the, um, the author of that because the author always like blanks on me. <laughs> but okay. Have, did you set that goal this year? How far are you in your goal? Yeah. So, so far I have read about... I think Pretty Little Wife is going to be my sixth book that I've read this year. Um, so, oh, yeah. For, for adults, that's really impressive. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about <laughs> it. a nursing instructor working full time. That is very impressive. And I love that you read for you. Yeah, you know, because there can be a lot of reading that goes on even after school. So we're reading for work. We're reading best practices. We're reading policies. Yes. We're reading oh. to prepare for class, to teach, yes. and uh having books that 
are just for you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so nice to read something that's not nursing related sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, so I like to ask this question. So I think as nurses, we sometimes, um, whether we do it on purpose or because it's kind of thrust upon us, we have this major identity in what we do. So like the first thing I think of is I'm Morgan the nurse rather than like Morgan the wife or Morgan the friend. And we carry all these different identities. And sometimes, I, at least for me, I can kind of lose sight of the other ones that I really cherish. And so I was just wondering who Kelsey, not the nurse is like, right. where do you find your identity outside of nursing? Right. So uh, definitely. Um, so I'm a wife. I'm like two years in for my marriage now. Which is, it's so Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's still the honeymoon period as right. far as I'm still concerned. <laughs> But um, so yes, I'm a wife. Um, I'm I'm a daughter and like cousin, and um, I'm really close to my mom. Uh, she I, I call her almost near every day, <laughs> and I try to visit her um, as much as I can. Um, but definitely that. Um, I definitely am a friend. I'm still friends with the the girls that I met in college my freshman year, and they ended up being my bridesmaids in my wedding. So, um, yeah, um, being able to be that, um, I would definitely say that overall, I just try to bring positivity to anybody that I can um, based on like just meeting certain people. Uh, sometimes they tell me, oh, Kelsey, you brighten my day. And I was like, that. You know, if I can do that, just to one person, I'm good. So I just try to be a light to people and um, and just try to bring like a smile on people's face wherever I go, if I can. <laughs> well, you definitely have. This has been such a pleasure talking with you. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> you definitely brightened my day. And I know that um, you gave so, so much good information that I know that our listeners are going to find so helpful. Is there anything else that you wanted to say or that I didn't ask? Oh, no. I just want to give some encouragement out there to all you nursing students that are listening. Um, keep um, struggling through, okay? Because I know that nursing school is hard. Me and Morgan have definitely been through it. But know that um, something that's worth being successful is in shouldn't come easy to you. Okay. So know that all that hard work is going to pay off in the end. And definitely once you do leave nursing school, be the type of nurse that you would like to see or that you have countered in the world. So definitely keep on working hard. It, it's going to always pay off. <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent advice. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for coming on the podcast and thank you listeners for tuning in. Um, just wanted to remind you that you can submit requests for uh, the specific types of nurses that you'd like to hear from on my Instagram account. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Teachable Nurse Podcast. Just a reminder to subscribe if you haven't already so that you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. You can also listen to the Teachable Nurse anywhere that you get podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at the Teachable Nurse and visit my website www.theteachablenurse.com. Have a great week. Thank you.